Hey, 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 it's resident postie Russell here. Ian, Liam, Georgia, Ellie and Ethan. I have a special delivery for you. Sign here, please. I can now officially announce that you've got mail. And welcome, 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 welcome to our first ever BFE mailbag sort of edition brought to you by, uh, in this case, really quickly, resident resident postal Russi. Russi? No. Resident <laughs> <laughs> posty Russell. Yeah. That's a nice jingle. Great voice. Congra- yeah. congr- uh, his his audio quality worthy. His 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 audio quality from that thing he was so nervous about at the anniversary show to now. Yeah. Oh, I, he got gave me like eight of them, and I'm like, they were all great, and they so were like, 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 it was really well done. So thank so, you so much. I'm there just we very go. impressed. I was I was very impressed. So yeah. So and then I found a jingle that sounds an awful lot like the jingle to the uh, pilot episode of Community. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it has that kind of like. Uh, Twing, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, Twing, Twing yeah, yeah, I sort of, I sort of went through a few things and went, what could I use for some promo stuff for the for the podcast, and found that and went, oh, absolutely, I like that. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out what I was going to do with that. And so, we've got our first ever mailbag kind of thing. And people do this on podcasts; they call it a mailbag, they call it ask me anything, they call it whatever you want to call it. But we're here to basically give you a chance to sort of get to know us, I guess, a little bit better. Yeah, as as, as you're so inclined. It's an AMA, boys. Yeah, well, AMAA. Ask me almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> We're not yes. doing social security yes. numbers no, no, or credit card there's, there's details. So, yeah. There's some things I'd go, nah, I don't really nah, know. Yeah. But generally, you if know. You ask, we might I, not I think, you know, a fair, and a fair, I say probably from, because every time there's a question gets asked, my, 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 my phone does sort of spike up. And so I'd say from my estimation, I'd say it's about 60-40 movies to non-movies. So I'm, I'm really, yeah. to be honest, I'm really excited about the non-movie stuff. <laughs> yeah, me too. I yeah, thought same. you were going to say 60-40 appropriate to inappropriate. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't mind when I was like, no. Wait, did I not check? I didn't, see, I didn't see anything that seemed inappropriate to me. I mean, we'll see how that comes across. I think our fledgling fandom Don't set is that as a challenge. No, it's no. not a challenge. <laughs> if Lestat's listening, that what is not a challenge. Can you turn into a euphemism? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please don't, because I need to moderate these beforehand. All right, I also told Ethan he was editing this. So, oh, well done. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so hey, there we go. Surprised him too. <laughs> so um, I told him last week it shouldn't be. It should be yeah, I was going to say yeah. I remember that from last week, but still. Yeah, <gasps> yeah that's right. Uh, so uh, outside of that i mean hard definitely harvest the clip where i got russell's name wrong that'll be on the on the end of your blooper reel um so well i done, think, well I think ethan at this point Russie. what we're gonna do russy is we're going to <laughs> russy the hussy we're going to we're, 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 we're gonna hand this over to to ethan who's gonna moderate it for the most part and uh, i've kind of looked at it and then when i don't want to see any more of it i want to be first sort of re- or at least secondary reaction i've kind of tried to not think about any of the questions that have come across oh, okay, okay i have no idea really what's coming down the pipe i have no idea you, you guys truly have no idea i'm not oh, i've so, seen one question you know. about sushi that's all i like oh really i like situations oh, see don't, Wait, don't don't pre-blow anybody's yeah. minds here okay <laughs> i like situations where well, i haven't seen that question I, <laughs> I like situations where i get to give what feels like an honest first cuff thing yeah an organic an organic first take yeah, yeah, and a lot yeah. of what i do forces me to do the research beforehand so i'm really yeah. looking forward hopefully to so i don't want to moderate i'm like i want to be kind of in, in like just like a, just like a general chair yeah cool so here we are. So, ethan i'm gonna hand this over to your capable hands off you go he's signed for the package what do we got 
I'm so glad that you said I was capable. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go straight into. <laughs> you can only yeah. prove me wrong yeah. from here on in. <laughs> we have so many. I'm not even gonna really? make some jokes at the beginning. Yeah, we have like twenty plus. So wow. firstly, we've got Alex from Main Street Finance. Thank hey, you, Alex. And he hey. says, for each member of the BFE crew, what's your favorite guilty pleasure movie and why? So you know, <sighs> just a film that might not be critically acclaimed or made loads of money, but you just, you just love it. And it's one of your favorites, no matter what. I'm gonna go to Ian because he just sighed. <laughs> oh, jingle. See, Liam's, I have instant. Well, I don't know if Liam realizes it should be a guilty pleasure for him. Or Most of Liam's films are guilty pleasure films, to be honest. He has no guilt. He has no guilt. That's the problem. Oh, I'm really trying to think of one that really the general population would go. Because I said in the in the interview with Sean Prasad, be cool, but I'm not really thinking that's a guilt. I don't think I should feel guilty for that one. Um, if I had to, let's go with the one that's jumping into my head would be the two sister act films. Oh yeah, Ooh, especially the second one. The one. second one's generally kind of panned, and while I don't think it's as good as the first one, I still have a really good time watching it. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go. That. I'll go with the two sister act films. Uh, they're dated. They're of their time. It's kind of grown really cringe really. When I was a kid, I thought it was hilarious, and I think I'm still there with those films. So yeah, I'm gonna go sister act. Cool, and then we'll go to Liam because I want to know what his is after Ian's uh, Pro- build up. Probably that. Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? I've said this before. I like Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. No one likes it, um, but I have mentioned this before, so I'm going to mention another one. It's another John Travolta movie, right? It's called Two of a Kind, and it's John Travolta and Living Newton John reuniting. And if you ever get the chance to watch it, Please do with an open mind. <laughs> it involves it involves a, a bank robbery. It involves <laughs> it involves <laughs> it involves God and the devil. It's got Oliver Reed in it. Um, honestly, it's are you of, making this up? No, it's this, one of, it's one of my sounds like Mad Libs. I love it. It really didn't do too well at <laughs> the box office, but honestly, if you ever get the chance, watch it. Two of a kind. Cool. And then to Ellie. So mine's the same as Ethan's, possibly, um, which is Stardust, because um, I know that we both love it, and Ian doesn't. And <laughs> it's just- I, I, I would argue a guilty pleasure is a film that you know you shouldn't like. Yeah. So you actually believe that that's a good movie. That's fine. But I'm going, I probably believe I shouldn't like Sister Act. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I can completely understand why you don't like okay, Stardust. Okay, I just really love it. I just... I can just accept the fact that the ending doesn't make any sense and is terrible because I just love the film so much and it's just so warm. Cool. And Georgia? See, my brain jumped to High School Musical, but actually they're really good <laughs> and I feel no guilt about that. Um, so I'm going to have to go with my um, my usual answer. Again, my, my Jean Passard answer. It's got to be Cat in the Hat. I know it's awful. I know it's not very good, but I quite enjoy it anyway. I just, I just kind of hate the fact that our first question was a rehash of what we just did yeah. with the Sean Prasad interview. Yeah, but I did change You should have said Grease too. I don't know why you didn't. <laughs> Plus, it lets us segue that we've got Grease dropping next week I on the pod. I was going to say Grease too, but Ooh. then I thought two of a kind, you know? Grease too is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's my all, first... your, all your movies are guilty pleasures. It, was, it is. A number of times I walk on Liam watch a movie, he goes, now this isn't very good. <laughs> or, or he goes, now hold on. It's not going to win the Oscars. <laughs> But 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 or it's not very good. But I like it. I get a lot of that too. <laughs> it's got a good car chase movie. If it's just blowing yeah. things up, it's just <laughs> yeah. Grease two is guilty oh. pleasure only because that was the first one I watched and I fell in love with Michelle Pfeiffer. So there you go. There we are. 
oh jeez, and everything makes sense now. <laughs> we are off to an amazing start, and I think we're going to have fun with this next one from Pauline Griff. And they say, if you're an actor or an actress, would you rather be in a great performance but a bad film or have a terrible performance but be in a great film? Well, if I'm, if I'm, it's a from ego, isn't it? If I'm giving a great performance, why, why, why is the film poor? Because it's just a badly written script or something. No, but if I'm, because your role is minor. Well, okay, well, then how great can your performance be? I mean, we've been in shows, and yep. generally, you know, I know I've been in shows that have been kind of eh, mm-hmm. but I've gone, yep. I feel really good about how yeah, I did yeah, that. Yeah. And gen- but generally, you're going, if, generally, if the people do a good enough job, it raises the profile of, of, of the show. The only exception would be some pantomime or two I've been in. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, hypothetically, uh, no, you're not. in a film where every shot is off center because the tripod's kind of well, leaning and it's out of focus and the audio is kind of terrible there's bad cgi the writing sucks but you're able to give such a good performance no one will notice it star okay i guess the average i guess the answer would be i'd rather be in 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 the excellent film and give and give a poor performance because at least then i have something to aspire to be no okay i've gone different yeah i'm the other one i'd rather give a good performance in a bad film same yeah i think i'd rather give a good performance because i'd hate to be like in the good film and then people like pinpoint me as the weak, the weak link. link yeah i'd rather yeah i'd rather be the high point of a film you don't want to be the, of a good of a you don't want to be the, the cameron diaz and the gangs of new york for instance yeah exactly <laughs> um the, if you flipped it and went would you rather be have a great performance in a commercially unsuccessful film or give more of a mediocre performance in like a very successful financial film yeah mediocre then what well, the mediocre performance the mediocre film yeah mediocre performance yeah i'd rather a, be part of a, a highly film. successful as long as my performance yeah. was like really bad yeah but that's just me sort of pivoting the quality Pivot. of the wild but in live action but you're <laughs> so good you elevate it <laughs> oh, you know i well, would elevate it it's not gonna be the quality of the wild well no because people go out and be like that was a terrible film but that ian oh he's got he's all got right, a future right, he's right. got potential like i've seen some 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 terrible films that have great performances in it maybe i'm swaying maybe i am Pippin, get out of the bin <laughs> See, that's the performance we're looking for. That is. <laughs> that, was, so, that, that was a rubbish performance. <laughs> oh, terrible. So next, we've got Ed from the Film Effect podcast, and he says he's curious to know what everyone's favorite episode of the podcast so far has been. And out of all the films we've done, what's everyone's favorite so far? Hey, wait, favorite film? Yeah, that we've covered. So, so far. it's a two-part question. Favorite episode, yeah. favorite film. Yeah, uh, I'll start with my film because I think the films are kind of they speak for themselves. What you've got, I'm probably still struggling to pass the Dark Knight. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. I, I give it a nine and a half. I got big, still big my contender, I got yeah. still my 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 top grade. A few films have got up there, but I think the Dark Knight would win any tiebreakers I had in my head personally. So mm-hmm. that would be mine. Um, for me, it would be The Crow because I still love that movie. Um, but the one I enjoyed enjoyed the most recording was The Rock. Well, I was going to come to that as a second part. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were doing them. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, The Crow for me. What a sock surprise. My favourite film that we've done, uh, much to Ellie's chagrin, is uh, mm-hmm. Princess Bride. Was that, was that chagrin? Yeah. Chagrin. 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 I'm, okay. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a dialect you're, thing. You're, you're saying it like it's a toilet roll brand. <laughs> cha cha cha. Chagrin. Chagrin. Okay. Um... Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Okay. <laughs> and Ellie? Um, I think mine might be the same answer for both, but Moulin Rouge. Oh, okay. Hmm. I what, think. What was it about the, the recording of the episode that you found? 
I think because I love the film so much, I have more to say about it. And I was noticing new things on the film because I've seen it so many times. I was talking about different aspects of it, like the cinematography, that normally I would often be quite quiet about in an episode because it's not the first thing I've noticed and I'm focusing so much on the story. Okay. Um, for my favorite episode... The Rock makes my shortlist for sure. That was the a lot. Of, that was, was a lot. So that was a lot fun. of fun to do. Yeah. It's weird. It's not the cinematic masterpieces because we sit around kind of going, oh, "It was good." Yeah, it was good, and this and that yeah. was good too. Yeah, I really like that as well. Um, I think my shortlist would probably have to include Iron Man. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was good. Uh, but I think it's. Gonna, I'm going to go with Pretty Woman. Oh. There was a lot of singing we did. We did, we did. I, I, I do love it when we can sing some stuff. <laughs> we ain't sung for a little while. Like, but, like, pretty, it's, the movies, it's got to be organic. The movies yeah, got to lend us that yeah, way. Yeah. But Pretty Woman was just, it, it's just the right amount of like touching nostalgia and just ridiculousness. Yeah. Which I think kind of like Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. that same combination that you can really have a good time reviewing it Absolutely. from like a personal perspective, not just this is a really great film. Yeah. So that's me. Um, I'm a bit the opposite. I my one of my favourite recordings was one of, of a film that I really really hate. I really enjoyed recording Dark Knight because it was fun to piss all over Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be fun to do that. Yeah. All right. uh, Ethan, in, in in your role as being with us, which which one have you enjoyed? Then I think I was going to say either The Rock or because I've not been around for loads. I really enjoyed doing Speed, the movie. Speed was not good fun. Anything else? Yeah. Speed was good fun. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my first time on it. Speed it was and The see. Rock. It's yeah. just all drug references. <laughs> inappropriate answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gave right. me a good feeling. There we go. <laughs> so next we've got Danny and Drew from the It's a Musical podcast, and they said, what TV show do you wish you got a feat that you wish had a feature length film? I'm going to pass to Ian for that one because I think I know what that one might oh, be. Oh, really? A TV yeah. show that I wish had a feature length film? I know one that should have one because oh. they, they promised it and it hasn't happened. Oh, I think, yeah. I think Ethan's thinking I'm going to say Lost. No. Oh, really? Okay. No. Um, oh, this is really cool. I'm trying to play the game of what does Ethan think I'm going to say. <laughs> That's a different game. Oh, That's a different game. Um, That's a different podcast. <laughs> something that needed some extra closure. It's hard. So is this like a TV? I guess, is this an extent? Is like the British version where it's like you do the series and you do an extension of it? Or is this replacing it? I don't really know. Um, I guess I would go with, no, I think I would go with Lost. I lost a lot of answers that need to be, that need to be centered around and you could do it a lot easier if you had a two, three hour window and went, okay, we have three hours. Let's answer all the questions. Everybody on set. Let's figure it out. As mm-hmm. opposed to the pressure of trying to put on, uh, Lost, uh, so they burnt out and didn't know where they were going. And so I, it's weird because I think my, the question's supposed to be is what show was so great that you wish you had a film mm-hmm. and I'm going, what film do I want a three hour rescue job? Yeah. That could fix what I thought was a flawed ending. So, Welcome to Mailbag, where Ian doesn't answer your questions. No, I didn't answer, no, I did answer it. I just answered it in, in, in the spirit, which I don't think it was necessarily intended. Answered two questions. Okay, for me, as a TV show that a lot of people have not seen, called Banshee. And now Banshee oh. ran for four series, ten episodes a series, and it was amazing. That would make a great movie. So yeah, for me, that'd be Banshee. I mean, there's supposed to be a community film, and I'm still not okay with the fact that that's not happened yet. I'm not okay with the fact that the cast used it as a hashtag, and yeah. they're refusing to cut. That's the yeah, part yeah, I don't yeah, get. Yeah. That um, was what I thought Ian would say. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, George just said it. There we go. I said it. But yeah. my actual actual one that I would just like more content from, because I'm answering the proper question, is WandaVision. I mean, you're getting that in, in March next year. Isn't the MCU the just... Too. Yeah. Yeah, but I, there you no, go. I want a specific yeah, WandaVision okay. one. Yeah. Not Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, the one I could 
watch sort of all day every day would be Desperate Housewives. Um, I absolutely love it. But I think an interesting film would be Modern Family. Would oh. one last finish it off? See, with Desperate Housewives, mm. I hear you, but I'm going. Wouldn't you want to go back to a season one cast? Yeah, yeah. I think so. So I'm like just Desperate Housewives is again in kind of both different spirits. Desperate Housewives is the one I could just watch forever. Modern Family is the one I would probably maybe prefer to see a film of. Yep. I think I could do some interesting things with it. Cool. And next up, we've got Dan Mackholtz from the You Gotta See This podcast. And he says, Dear BFE, why did you hurt me like that with your Empire Strikes Back episode? Because <laughs> After all we've been through together, I thought I could trust you with my heart. But you took advantage of my love and now I'm afraid to open my heart to love again. Yeah. I still love you. And I'm, I'm is there a question using, in that or is that just no, I'm using just, this yeah, as, yeah, ju- as a jumping off okay. <laughs> I'm using this as a jumping off point because he's asking like why didn't you like this thing? And I I want to just sort of ask the question of what do you guys take away and talk about for sort of how you perceive a film and what makes it good or bad? So like with, <sighs> with Ellie when she did Star Wars, it was like Quality. Part of it was the age, and even okay. then when, when we did Empire, Ian said, like, the pacing. I, I think Ethan's getting, it's going to get more specific than just quality. I think that's, that's yeah. a, 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 it was, it was a joke. Yeah, it's just a bit flippant, but I think there's, there's an actual <laughs> yeah. question here. Um, I, I, we all have our own things, absolutely. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think we know me. I, 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 I need a well-told story. And pacing, I think more than anything doing this podcast, I've become so aware of pacing of films. And not having those windows where I go, oh, nothing happened here. Oh, you didn't leave yourself enough time to the end. Or, oh, you overstay your welcome here. And so uh, pacing and then that's both so the story and the script, I think, are the things that I've realized the most. I think when you start off, you know what acting looks like. I don't think you know what good writing looks like when you first start looking at films. I think that's something that comes up through more careful. So for me, it's, it's, that's always my, my, my first go-to of quality would be that. For me, basically what Ian just said, and but I like heart. I like things to make me feel things. I like things that affect me, good or bad, and make me think about it afterwards. You know, did it tickle them boxes? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes I like to be coming away from a film and going, oh, I really like that. That really, it's good for my spirit. It's good for my soul. And then sometimes when I come out of a movie and I go, that's really annoyed me. Why has that annoyed me? And I want to know why it's annoyed me. So I'll go back and revisit it and I'll watch it again and I'll go, but that annoyed me, that annoyed me. So sometimes I can't always resolve it, but as long as it affects me in some way, that's what I like. Yeah, I like to feel emotions from a film, specifically warmth and heart are yes. my like biggest ones. But if if it can surprise me genuinely, if I can be shocked by it, if I can genuinely be made cry in the way that the film intended and not train spotting levels of that um and yeah that's probably what i would i would go off of yeah i think it depends very much on the genre of the film um because i've obviously you know i've said quite a few times that i really like quite a lot of the darker films um and i'm not necessarily expecting warmth from those um but then that's a very different feeling to if you watch something like paddington for example but um, one thing I have noticed that I don't particularly like is when a film is more of a character study than a story storyline. Um, so Ian and I watched a film called Lady Bird. Um, oh, I loved Lady Bird, which Ian really <laughs> liked because it was it was a really clever character study. But like, literally, nothing happens in the whole film, and I was like, "Why have I just watched this? I don't understand." <laughs> so I think we had quite a different view of that there. So I would argue that you're also more than anybody in the pod. You seem to switch off if the uh, production standards 
uh, aren't at a level that would meet contemporary sort of levels. You know what I mean? When things don't look as sharp as they could now. So usually if you watch a movie from like 1995 earlier, you might go, uh, it didn't really look, I couldn't buy into what I was seeing because it looked kind of fake or naff or whatever it might be. I quite like some like it hot. True, true, true. I think it depends whether if it's if it's a production level that seemed like it was really good at the time, maybe, then yeah. I appreciate that and I look at it from a cinemat- cinematographical point of view. Cinematographical? Cinematographical. <laughs> I love that word, anyway. I love it. Um, yeah, because I think it's more like the idea when people try to like push the envelope and do, here's what we could best we can do in 1995, and we'll look back now and go, oh, looks a bit, looks a bit off. <laughs> you seem to really detach from that. Whereas the rest of us are, I think, a bit willing to go, well, it's the best they can do. We're a bit do. more forgiven. Yeah. yeah. I think it's maybe that crossover period. Of, maybe, like, maybe. Of time where it's like, that. yeah, where it just looks Twister. a bit naff. <laughs> Almost good, yeah. but not quite. When the yeah. computers are showing up, but there's still, there's still a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, mm. that was why I used Dan's sort of Star Wars question as that jumping off point, because that was sort of one of my, my thoughts behind all of that. Okay. Uh, so next, we've got a resident postie. We've got Russell. He's hey. delivered his bit of mail as well. It's not Russie uh, then. <laughs> no, Russie comes later. Yeah. And uh, he asks, do you believe in ghosts? And if wow. so, have you ever seen one? Oh, if, if we're going to continue. I have a story. Okay. Ooh. I do too. Sorry, I didn't mean to slam my mug on the table. Um, I have a story. I'm not a massive um, believer in ghosts and things, but ever since I was little, like when I was really little, I was terrified of that sort of like supernatural stuff to the point that I would like reassure myself when I go to bed that I hadn't invited anyone into the house because vampires. Um, and <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I've, I've always been of the mindset of I'd never say that they definitely don't exist because I don't want to upset any. Um, and if there is little poltergeisties like just chilling, that's cool. I'm all right with friendly ghosts. <laughs> like, that's absolutely fine. Like um, Casper. Yeah, Casper, yeah. that's great. But, like, the story I have, I worked in a um, uh, a nursery, and it was at a in an old village hall, um, and there was a little girl there who had some additional needs and those sorts of things. But she would always, as she walked through to the corridor to where the toilets were, point to the ceiling and go, hi, Dennis, which is really, really weird. Um, and there was a couple of stories of, like, staff saying that they'd seen someone, like, walking through, like an old man. Um, anyway... One day I was sat in the break room, which is just where all the cupboards and stuff were. And one of the keypads, like the little locks, padlocks, just started swinging on the, like on the, in the lock, like the, th- the whole lock would just go backwards and forwards. And I thought I got a video of it because I was like, what is causing that? And I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Like I like to be the one that goes, oh, it's because of the footsteps in the corridor causing this, this and that and the other. But I couldn't figure it out. So I was like, hi, Dennis, don't, don't hurt me, we can be friends. But yeah, it was, that's my, that's my ghost story. Dennis the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. For me, I... I don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say I do and I don't say I don't, only because I, I was a child at the time. I was 11 and my dog died and we were supposed... To, well, my dog died, basically. And that night, I felt I woke up and I saw my dog come to my bed. Now, my dog never came to my bed. My dog never, ever came into my bedroom. And... Um, but... I don't know whether I dreamt it. I don't know whether I saw it. It felt so real and I felt comfort from it. So I don't know. But do I believe in them? Yes and no. I'm a bit of a sceptical believer. So, yeah. I'm open to it, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, nice. I don't have any cool stories, but I'm open-minded. Got to keep that short and sweet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it or not. Um, do, I, do I believe in a world that's more than just the physical things around me? Yes. Yes. 
Um, mm. Does that necessarily mean that deceased people are chilling out? <laughs> in chains and veggies. In chains because they want me to see three Christmases or they want me to... <laughs> Or, or they like want to do some pottery with me to the Righteous Brothers. I don't, oh, know. Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> think about it. Oh, everyone. that film. The energy, the energy oh. of a person has got to go somewhere. Like, think- there's a spiritual thing to humans, and there always will be because of the, yeah. the mind minds that we have. So yeah. you kind of go. There's got. There's that energy has to go. So we know the energy can't be created or destroyed. So it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I like. I like to think that perhaps there is in on meaning, meaningful occasions at all like tortured souls or whatever there is the, the, maybe they're just chilling still okay I, I wasn't there to witness this but my granddad um told me a story um about castle rising with um queen isabella and he used to look after the castle and lock it up at night and then go home and blah 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 he did this for many years and one particular night he was locking around the other side of the castle away from the grand staircase which his mate did and he heard a lady scream he went running around and when he got to the steps, it wasn't a lady screaming. It was his mate that was screaming, claiming he'd just seen Queen Isabella run up them stairs. Oh, nice. So yeah. no one saw it. No one understood it. But he didn't stay long after that. Not my granddad, but the, <laughs> the guy who, he worked, who saw it. Hmm, excellent. So I don't and know. Judging, uh, jumping away from that, it's <laughs> Carlo from the Thieves Monthly Loot Podcast. Thieves, and he's, thieves just thieves. one thief. Thief. Oh, the Thief Monthly Loop podcast, and he says, has there been a moment where tensions get high during recording or podcast-related activities because of yes. differing opinions and yeah, approaches it was called, to films? it was called the train spotting episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to throw immediately to Ian and Georgia for that I, one. I, I, I think we've, we've, we've had, we've had yes. a few. We, we've had a few. Yeah. But the one that jumps most to mind is train spotting, where, um, I mean, Georgia, you, you really took an op- oppositional view to did, it. Yeah. And so you came in with a score that was... Uh, Actually, it, it wasn't the one that made the final edit. It was not, no. <laughs> and because you were so, and that became then quite the thing where when you can't tell me there's not a ridiculous, and it came to a conversation about what is quality. So yeah. those sorts of things that we just had, we had in a much more emotionally charged discussion <laughs> yeah. base. And it was this notion of what do you need from a film and then going, um, and so this is where we kind of created the, the train spotting rule. Yeah, which ends up being if it's something that someone just really doesn't feel they could handle because they might turn on the film as an entirety. Yeah, then you have the right to not see the film that week, and that's okay because it's it's more. It took me a long time to get my head around the idea. It's more fair to the numerical that yeah. judgment that we put on to actually have Georgia sit it out, and someone else can come on, or we can just divide the number yeah. by less ways which than to have Georgia come on. Include my opinion. Than to have Georgia come on <laughs> and drag it down because she's emotionally. Yeah almost um, shut off from it shut off and is almost penalizing the film and going no I don't like you screw you here's this number go away yeah, yeah, yeah. and we were saying but the cinematography but the soundtrack but the editing but the, the, but the acting and yeah, Georgia yeah. had just gone no I hate every minute of it <laughs> because she becomes somewhat traumatized I think but yeah, by, by, by the film yeah. and that probably was made that much better by the fact we didn't have like a big old argument afterwards yeah. oh man but, yeah. uh, but eventually we kind of got to the point and I think it was me who said look I care way more about my friendship with the people around this table yeah. than I do about any number we, 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 we give some film now, I wish I'd gotten there a lot sooner. <laughs> before, before, before I give myself this like super like, and then I caused peace. No, he's no. also the person that then decided that he'd look at the averages and like read them out and say what was worse than trade spotting. Well, yeah, I mean, there is a thing because it's one of those things. And so for, for who asked this question? Was, was it Dan? Uh, it, it was Carlos. Was, yeah, Carlos. But for Dan, okay, so this is just how, I mean, the train spotting is a film that, 
I don't have an emotional attachment to, but I, I regard it as a very high, uh, high level of cinema. Yes. Imagine and then, if it was a film you had a high emotional attachment to, and George tried to give it a well, zero. My pro- God, because the problem wasn't because <laughs> no, I, I think this, I think this was the problem. Because I, I can get away with an emotional thing and just go, look, I'm just close to this movie. I'm going yeah. from an objective level. This is an excellent film. That was film. where the issue Same. was. Yeah, yeah. my yeah. issue was going, see the re- re- remove yeah. your emotion from it. This is just an excellently made film. Because we spoke about it and we were saying about the, the bits about the film that we didn't like, but also liked. Yeah. You know, and we were trying, like we were Coraline. Coraline, yeah. We didn't like. No. But we didn't trash it. We tried to look for positives in it. Like the lowest I've gone is Howl's Moving Castle 4. And I was yeah. going, um... But no one really had a, a thing with that. Uh, I got into, I, mean, I remember I got into one a little bit when we did, it might have been Moulin Rouge. or might have, It was the idea, maybe it was around train spotting where I went, we, we can't just do movies that make us feel good at the end. And those are the ones that get the high marks because, yeah, yeah, or musicals, yeah. because then we become known as that musical movie podcast, <laughs> which there is one. There are, musical, there are podcasts that do that and do, and do great work. But if we're going to hold these, then we, we, we have to be able to find the value in these other types of films. It took yeah. us a while to go. The way we do this is if Georgia realizes, she goes, I hear you. I just am unable to do yeah. that. Then we go, hey, but there's no judgment or harm. And George was saying, I, I really want to be here all the time i don't want anybody to think i'm not a team player and it took, it took a bit of a, a, a dialogue yeah. to go no i think and just start to all express what we're looking for out of this yeah hence my absence in the winter of discontent and <laughs> those sorts of things because i am anyone who knows me knows it i'm very emotional i'm very much do wear my heart on my sleeve a lot of the time even more so than liam sometimes who is quite emotional as well I am. but <laughs> i sometimes cannot see past my emotions for better and for worst so yeah, but we've we've all we've all learned some stuff um about ourselves, about each other, about how the podcast should work. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's 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 been interesting. I mean, like like Ian said, I wish we'd have got there quicker. Because it's unknown we territory, got there. But we didn't know. And, but didn't I, know. I also don't want to be the, the podcast who doesn't go and look at train spotting. Yeah. And yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah. go and look at these gritty films. So I'm like, where do we find and we found it through open dialogue and it just took yeah. a thing. So it, I mean here, here you go, Carlo is a heck of a peek behind behind the curtain. <laughs> but no, it was it, it was that was that was a that was a fraught night. But thankfully, yeah. we fixed it before before we parted. Like you we said, did, yeah. it's, it's friendship first. It is friendship first. Podcast second. And yeah. that is why I think people who, uh, there's some people who go, oh, it feels like, you know, there's a real energy around from you guys as this is, as I listen, I can hear this sort of camaraderie between you guys. And it's because it is that. That is the first yeah, thing. Genuinely. Yeah, and, I've known Ian for coming up on 10 years. Like, yeah. that, that's it's bigger than and that. I think Liam's the same, and, yeah, and yeah. it's just on. So it's yeah. for longer. God, we've known Ethan ages. So it's this I'm I- eternal in friendship. So, now. so it's this idea that you know, um, when I said, "Look, my relationship with you are far more important than the pod," it, it really is. Yeah. So, how do we just get it so the podcast can still work? Because I'm not going to lose my friends over this. That would be silly. That would be mm-hmm. really silly. <laughs> and welcome, welcome, welcome to. <laughs> podcast well i think it does everything it says on the tin and, <laughs> and welcome to this podcast i'm <laughs> ian the, and the rest of them suck <laughs> see i'm not good at doing it like you do it i'm the guy who controls the editing so you got me now now so that was uh that was that i mean i don't know if anybody wants to share anything else but that's kind of where, where, where i'm at i got a little bit emotional um about the oh, you got emotional about rocky 
Rocky. Oh, I did. Yeah. Rocky. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, Rocky yeah. continues to be a bit of a bugbear. <laughs> yeah. We have had a come to Jesus talk where I've been like, you need to let that one go. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's but I'm right. not at the same time, you know. Uh, no, but you're clinging on to one um, thing. Oh, anyway. <laughs> we're not going we're not going back down there. Uh, I mean the Princess Bride we love to give Ellie some grief on. And thankfully But actually like it's basically become a thing game. now. It's become yeah. a meme. So like even when like Sean Prasad's yeah. like, how can you not? Like the <laughs> and he took his headphones off. <laughs> we almost lost our interview with Sean. So yeah, and then there was the time that I got upset and um, excused myself from the Zoom, but then forgot that I was the host of the Zoom and just closed the whole thing down, and then had to like go onto the chat afterwards and be like, "I'm, I'm really sorry, sorry guys." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're human beings. We are. We're also human beings who have interactions with each other outside of this, and those things will benefit. Again, for better and for and worse, those things yeah. can very rarely, but they do, will occasionally cause things to pop up. Now, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to put you know, we're not going to leave that stuff in. <laughs> No, 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 no. Oh, no. my word. <laughs> we'll leave that to the end of your montage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Just four minutes of us saying the world's worst things. It, not, it, doesn't happen very, it happens very, very rarely. Very rarely. But we so are the short it, answer is yes. But we it's are human beings. personal attacks either. It is. But if we wasn't, no, I don't think so, no. no. But if it wasn't um, so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Charged? About, yeah, about yeah. about these. Yeah. Why would we do the podcast? The podcast is about finding the best film ever, and we are passionate about what we do. Yeah. So, if you're passionate, you're given a true representation of what you feel. Absolutely. So, yeah. There we go. Excellent. And I think I found the best, I was going to say juxtaposition, but like sequel to that question. And it's from Alex from Main Street Finance, who says, what's a film that someone on BFE hates or loves that you just don't understand? Trains Boeing. <laughs> Princess Bride. I, Alex's example is, I don't get why Ian hates Shaun of the Dead. He's just really like, oh, outside of the reviews. Well, maybe yeah. a Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I'll, I'll tackle this one because it seemed to come for me. <laughs> he really wants to do Shaun. I'm not opposed to doing Shaun of the Dead. Just, just don't be surprised when we do it. I don't give it a high rating. That's all. Um, I teach it now because the student. It's one of the options for our A level class. Um, they really enjoy it. I see why they enjoy it. I think. I think my issue with Shaun of the Dead is I don't like the character of Ed. I think actually, much like Ferris Bueller ruins Ferris Bueller for me. Mm-hmm. Ed ruins Shaun of the Dead for me. I'm like, I don't understand the friendship. So therefore, I don't understand any of the story that takes place because the, the, I don't believe these people would be friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why he's there. It's clear this guy's ruining this guy's life. Yeah. So that's it for me. Um, I need to connect with the characters. And when I just have like an oppositional reading to one mm-hmm. of the characters, it's really hard for me to get invested in what's supposed to be a feel good. This is probably this movie it's supposed to be feel good. And I can't feel good if I don't care about the character. Very true. So that's, that's that one yeah. for me. But, um, <laughs> We've sort of talked about train spotting. You want to go ahead and talk about it? Uh, yeah, no, mine's a massive oppositional reading to train spotting. Um, I know it's not supposed to be a happy story, but I, yeah, I think there was some. I, I've always had phobias of things that are beyond my control. Like, I didn't drink alcohol until I was 18, which is the legal drinking age in the UK. And only then was it in small amounts around people I really, really trusted. Because I don't like the idea of losing control. Like, and so to watch a film about that, basically. Um, they lose control in so many different f- like, different ways and then to include a child in it I'm actually getting a bit emotional talking about it because it like you said it is traumatized me mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a bit <laughs> Yeah, we're not um, gonna have to like do the whole thing. We're like we're all friends and this and that. That's the problem. It's not you guys. It is the film. It just really okay. it really stings. Uh, Ellie, you want to talk about Princess Bride a bit? 
I, I just don't get it. It's not that I really hate the film. You know, I didn't, I didn't give it a huge, I think I gave it like a six or something. Um, it wasn't my lowest rating by a long stretch, but I just don't understand at all the, the huge love for it. And I know that, you know, I've heard so much about it from so many people and it doesn't help either. But because of that, I was really looking forward to watching it because I thought I was missing out on this massive, amazing film, which you all will say you were, but I, ju- I just didn't get it. It, what, it didn't do anything for me. If, if I may, what's it done now when you, we have things at like the Sean Prasad thing and he's like, how can you not? So it's not just like, it's like the three of us who are over here on Crazy <laughs> Island. You find out there's more and more people sort of joining us over here. Oh, with Princess how can you not Bride, like I've, always, I've always known that there's a massive <laughs> fan base for it because that's how I heard about the film oh, okay. in the first place. So I know it's a massive, like controversial opinion but i i just can't get my head around it Every so i just want to have to laugh at i guess we're asking the princess uh, we, like we, we, princess, bride? princess bride thoughts yes or no yeah 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 for me it's the joker joker i found it too dark <laughs> there's no the it's just joker oh joker <laughs> all right joker it is too dark for me it's, it's just a guy going through despair and, and i quite I, like that one and i don't i, don't, I love it I don't like it, and but I like the end. I like the last ten minutes when he becomes the Joker. <laughs> um, but nice. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like seeing a guy go through despair. And there's no humor in anything. I like to see dark humor in these things, and there is none. If I, if I may, just because I got my mind sort of thrust upon me, I'll, I'll do one on my own if I could. Go for it. Uh, the only one where I went, why are we doing this in the podcast? Only one movie where I've gone. Let me guess. Oh, The Crow. No, no. I understand the crow. It's got a counterculture thing to it. Oh, cool, cool. So, anybody else? I was to say, House Moving Castle. No, House Moving Castle, but- anime, Studio Ghibli. I was okay with that. Yeah, I was gonna say Hitman's Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. Hitman's Bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. There is. I, I Let so. me have my guest, please. I'm oh, sorry. There is not a more meh film choice. I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's a sequel. It's, yeah, I know. It does make it's best film ever. Right? It's just kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's all right. I mean, you could have said like Transporter too. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, we can. I think I picked it because the first time I watched it was with friends. Yeah, and that's we fine. Had a very, very good time. Watching but as far it, as like, I was, I was sitting there. Not that I didn't like it, but I was sitting there going, "Why are we reviewing yeah, this?" Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I understood *Cows Moving Castle*. I know there's type of person who would love that. Mm-hmm. And Coraline, not me, not me. Either. But I understood why we were reviewing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one I've struggled with, *Hitman's Bodyguard*, just because I found it to be kind of it's a, it's a great film for your friends are around. Yeah. End of a long yeah. day, get a takeaway, turn it on, have a bit of a laugh, talk a little bit while the film's on. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Never, yeah. It's never going to be totally. the best film ever. It was never no. going to be up on that thing or a so contender. That was just that was that one for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Nice. So. Uh, we've got Baz asking a question, Lex, and he says, if you could change the lead actor of any movie to make it better, who would you have it be and why? I'm trying to have a good movie that I really went, if only not for this. Cameron Diaz movie? <laughs> See, the one that jumps into my mind is I would recast Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York, yeah. She's not the lead, but she's up there enough. She's on the poster. So I would go her for me. If we're going for on the poster, then I'm just going to, as much as I love her, I'm just going to play either uh, Scarlet Witch in the event. Wait, you're... No, this yeah, isn't no, like, this which is one would you put yourself um, in? This, this is, is me. Who would you... Or I would replace <laughs> Emily Blunt in anything that she's done because I love her and I love her work, so I just do Okay, it. but I think the spirit of the question is which... Has, which what's a you great movie there? You know how I am with actors. Yeah, fair <laughs> I can't answer this question any other way. Um, I can't think of any. I think that's a question I need, like, to stew on for few weeks same <laughs> i'm just trying to think of some big movies yeah tenet got no problem with the actors who are in it. i'm trying to think of things i've seen recently 
Uh, hmm. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Ellen Green in Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. I despise her. So opposite Rick Moranis. Yeah. Yeah. I'd okay. Put someone else. Someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I would say me, but that's not allowed. So um, you weren't born then. So yeah, no, I'm that. Yeah. Um, yeah, someone else, just not not Ellen Green. Hmm. I'm really struggling. It's a really good oh, question. I know. I can't think of anything. Will Ferrell in anything. Yeah. I can't stand Will <laughs> that's Ferrell. Just, that's just name an actor you don't like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I probably changed Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man original franchise. Yes. Oh. I never liked him. Uh, I don't know. I, he keep the movie the same. Everything else the same. You know, I, I, tempted, Tom Holland wasn't available at the time. He's not He's not old enough. So Would maybe I go... the original. Maybe I go Jake Gyllenhaal or something yeah. like that Ooh. instead. He's kind of adjacent enough where you can see them playing each other's roles. So I'll say that. Jake Gyllenhaal in the Spider-Man trilogy, the original. I'll yeah, have that. That's good. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Cool. Uh, is that everyone's for? Uh, I can't think. Sport? I can't think of anything right okay, now. Okay. Cool. So next we have the nerdy photographer pod, and I need to have some context for this because the gift that we posted this tweet with was from the Johnny Karate Show of Mailman Jerry, yes. and he asks us, "If you were Johnny Karate, what type of food would you be?" You have to know Parks and Rec to do this. I don't one. know what that means. Johnny oh. Karate is uh, Chris Pratt's Chris Pratt, yeah. alter alter ego in. Uh, in Parks and Rec. So I'd be nachos. I would be a uh, cheesy puff sandwich. It's just like, what's some bro food? Yeah. Yeah. Ribs. R- okay, yeah. Probably, probably too cuisine but yeah. I know, but like, like bad ribs. Okay, there yeah. we go. I'm thinking crisps in a sandwich. Crisps in a sandwich? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> potato chips for our North American listeners? Yeah, potato yeah. chips, yeah. I'm a bit confused by the question, but is cheesy chips an acceptable answer? Sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. In oh, fact, cheesy no, cheesy, cheesy curly fries, yes. There you go. <laughs> yes, Georgia. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, nice, nice. Let's get some more food-related questions. Yeah. I do like these. <laughs> oh, oh don't, don't you worry. Don't okay, you actually. worry. <laughs> little, little tease for later. <laughs> so, what is it, what's it called? An, an amuse bouche or something like that? <laughs> amuse bouche. Amuse bouche. A amuse bouche. Not a is your bouche amused? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a mighty boost. That's, that's, that's a heck of a pickup line. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> Inappropriate comment number two. There we go. <laughs> so, next up, we've got Debbie and she asks a very wholesome is this, question. Is, is this Debbie this. from just down the road from me here? Yeah, Debbie just down uh, the road. Hello, Debbie. Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. And she asks, what was the first film you saw in the cinema? And if you could see any film again, what would you choose? Okay, so let's so go like around with the first time. one first. So yeah. my first film I saw in the cinema, I'm going to do my first adult film I saw in the cinema because I don't remember the first one I saw as a child. There'd be like Santa Claus the movie or some animated thing. Yeah. Three Men and a Baby, first adult movie I saw in the cinema and loved mm. it. I was eight or nine, but loved it. I can remember the first film I saw in the movies, which was Return to Oz, scared the living nice. out of my That's a hard, 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 TV. hard movie. Oh, yeah. Hard movie. But my first adult movie that I saw... Guess you can call it an me. I was 12. Um, Batman Returns. Oh, really? I begged and begged my dad to go see it. I was like, I really want to see it. And he was like, well, okay, I'll take you. And so I went. So, yeah. So, back, Batman good, Returns. Yeah. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but my the first film I saw in cinemas was Finding Nemo. Hey. Oh. <laughs> what a good film. I saw Santa Claus the movie at a very young age. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, yeah. I had to ask my mum about this, but apparently the first film I saw in cinema was Bugs Life. Oh, um, nice. Oh, the nice. First, the first one that I remember kind of leaving the cinema and feeling the magic for was ha- the first Harry Potter film. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. First movie made me cry, Jungle Book. 
I oh. remember ugly oh. crying at about I time. I could not believe that Mowgli did his bros wrong like that. Oh. <laughs> we need some sort of an easily rhymable thing where we know where we need to put our bros before in order that we can make sure that we remember the importance of male friendship. <laughs> Someone needs to get on that. This is a very age-specific one, and it, it ages me entirely, but when The Fault in Our Stars came out in cinema, I oh, remember God. absolutely just sobbing I haven't read the, the book or seen the film. minutes. I remember like, that. Ugly crying. Ugly, we, ugly crying. Wait, which one's Fault in Our Stars? John Green book. The one with the blue cover and the clouds that's not the one with emma Ta- emma 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 watson is it no. which one am i no. thinking of where emma watson's in the in this role you the- oh um it's got like a severe being a wolf flower that's it yeah, yeah. Woo, powerful film yeah, yeah that absolutely one hurts. ugly cried yeah. at fault in our stars for yeah. the last 20 minutes I remember that because I came back from the bathroom like right before the sad bit and I came back and Georgia and all of our friends were just weeping <laughs> good time I think my first weeping movie was Titanic be honest with you. There you go. Yeah, nineteen ninety-eight. Something sad about that. One? Sorry, something sad in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I also laughed. Uh, Actually, I saw Debbie, and I don't think I cried, but the rest of y'all were uh, at Debbie's house. We watched Titanic. Well, that was the first yeah. time I'd seen. Oh, was it the first time I'd seen it? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's, a, that's a hard first watch. It yeah, was yeah. very hard. Most <laughs> recently, the one that I've absolutely bawled my eyes out though was Onward. All right, well, I, th- I think we yeah. I think we've segued ourselves here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what, if you could see a film like, oh, right. again for the first time, forgetting oh. anything but forehand. I got mine. What, got what is that one? Yeah, Prestige. I was going to say Prestige. <laughs> Prestige. Yeah. There's a few, but... I want to see that. Some you appreciate screen. the second time you watch it. I mean, but I would love to see Prestige, Little Miss, Little Miss Sunshine, just for the fact that there's a big, big reveal, but the fact that it's just... I, I don't want to know what's coming with mm-hmm. the big payoff and have that moment of surprise again. So, But Prestige, number one. Yeah, definitely. Three billboards. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to answer without specifically answering and just say that there's a couple of films that um, people have told me there's a twist in them before we've reviewed them for the podcast Um, and I was expecting a twist so I don't know how it would have been different to not know about it beforehand I'm not going to say what they are because I don't want to do the same thing (laughs) for anyone else Um, but I mean I would have also potentially set the prestige but i'm still really looking forward to watching the prestige for a second time because i still haven't done the second watch of it yet prestige is movie so it's great to watch it with someone who's watching yeah. it for the first time yeah. Yeah. that's really enjoyable i got to do that with ellie it was yeah. really fun you guys okay. are saying these things and i'm so terrified someone's gonna spoil because i know nope. nothing about this nope. film yeah, just, right. just name and titles yeah, yeah, yeah i'm scared of liam okay so <laughs> to be fair it's not like you're mr like keep it in the vault yourself <laughs> hey I, i'm on well, an Ethan's the one that ruined one of the films for me <laughs> <laughs> i Oh no! That's hubris, buddy. You start talking smack and find out you, uh, bloody, you are the thing you hate. I yeah. want an arc of redemption just, now after my destruction. I've just thought of a a, a much better uh, guilty pleasure film, and it's Hurricane Bianca. Um, and Ethan will hate that, but I'd just like mm. to drop that and move on. Yeah, I hate that film so much. Anyway, we've got a, a question from a friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. A uh, Dwayne Smith. I've never gotten to do that. Would you oh, like don't to? worry. I, no, no, we've, no, got no, a, been... we've got enough to do to, for a couple oh, do we... people to okay. do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Dwayne says, I like a musical. Chicago is very worthy of the number one position, but I tried to recently watch Moulin Rouge twice and I just don't get it. Can you explain what I'm missing? I'm posting to Ellie for this one first because I think <laughs> she's going to have a lot to say. 
I actually responded to Dwayne on Twitter about this one already. Hey. Um, <laughs> Respect the format of the program. I didn't realize it was the part of the mailbag. I thought it was just a question. Um, so, um, this is why I, you're a contrarian. Everybody always, else respected the format. There's always one. There's always one. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann has got a really specific style that I really like. And um, I think maybe if you don't like it, then it takes a while for the film to kind of get going because there's quite a lot of quirkiness at the start of it. And the storyline doesn't get going until later on in the film. So I would say just kind of sit through Because I think the first time I watched Moulin Rouge, I was a bit confused at the start as well. But, you know, then I was absolutely sobbing at the end. Same. Hmm. Excellent. And then uh, Ian, because he's the analytical one. (laughs) (laughs) I think Moulin Rouge is a celebration of pop culture. And I think you enjoy it for the storyline. You enjoy it for the the images, the Baz Luhrmann effect, if you will. And you enjoy it for all the little references they make to so many other pieces of pop culture, whether it's the Elephant Love Medley, whether it's the manipulation of expectations, whether it's covers that are done in a way. You know, Roxanne was Mr. Brightside before Mr. Brightside was Mr. Brightside. (laughs) The video, like it so is. And his fingerprints everywhere. And you kind of have to be on board with that oh i'm totally missing the word here bohemian that bohemian Mm. kind of artistry and visual and either you get the aesthetic and you run with it where it's got sort of that kind of indian by indian i mean like east india that kind of indian flair to it almost bollywood almost bollywood mixed with parisian kind of elements to it so something very european but also something very indian about it simultaneously mixed in with what i think is a couple of perfectly cast individuals. I think Nicole Kidman's star has never been bigger. Nope, I agree. I would argue that's the role that she, you know, I know it's not the big, I'm going to look at the camera and yell acting performance, but that's what she should have won the Oscar for. And Ewan McGregor is no perfect as the young man torn between two worlds. He's in love with the girl who sells herself. And how does that work when you think that what you have in love and all those things you think about are, are individual pursuits, but then she's going to go ahead and, and sell that, 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 that physical desire. expression yeah. and desire. And so how, you know, it, it's different when it's, yeah, she sells a fantasy, but she's still, the men are fantasizing, but she's still offering up her body to do that. And so that conflict of being in the room and imagining what is happening with some other guy, with the person you love, there's something powerful in that. And I feel the music and the color and the lighting and everything Baz Luhrmann does is able to evoke those feelings. But I do think, as we say over here on this side of the pond, it's like Marmite. You either, you, yeah. you, you, you either get it or you don't. So I wouldn't say try and force yourself to see it. If you don't, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. But that's what we like about it. I really, oh, love, I, lo- I really love the visuals in this movie. Um, the color, the explosion of everything. It's a great love story, a tragic love story. It was never going to end well. Uh, and she was always trying to keep the the myth of everything going when she knew she was going. And it's it's the, it's, it's, it's the juxtaposition of emotions. It's very yeah, funny. It's funny. It's very it's, fu- like, like a virgin. I felt so bad about missing that on my besties ballot last year. Because yeah. like a virgin is awesome. Yeah. And then you combine that, though, with the actual like pit of your stomach sadness that yeah. comes in the third act. It's just great. Amazing little movie. I'm I'm so glad Ian was able to show that he could be analytical and I didn't fail there. <laughs> Thank you. So hope I passed I think, the audition. Yeah, I, you go into the next round. So I think the best. 
I think the the best people we could have to ask the next question, because it's Moulin Rouge, is Pauline Griff, and they've asked us, if you could play any lead character role from any film, who would you choose? I know George has already answered this one, but we'll uh, we'll open it again, uh, just in case it changes. So who's going, is it George we're going to, or...? Oh, um, I, I was just going to go the, the normal route. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. For me, it's... <laughs> It's, it, I've had the chance to do it on stage, but I'll, I'll open it for screen again. I do, I do Amos Hart, John C. Riley in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Good choice, good choice. Uh, you give me, I had the chance to do it on stage, but I'd love to see what I could do with the benefit of multiple takes and costume changes and things like that for some of the, the numbers. nuance of screen. But nuance of screen and what you can yeah. do relative to what you can do on stage. So that would be mine. Uh, that, that's the, the Amdram musical performer me at heart anyway, but that's my choice. I don't even have to think twice when going, Liam, which one will you do? <laughs> Yeah, well, I've played him before, Danny Zuko, and I would play him on this big screen too. Um, it's a part I've always loved. It's a part I always know inside out, and it's just it's just a part I've always loved to play. And I got to play him a few years back, and if I could play him on screen, I would. And we have said it's Danny Zuko and Greece, right? Danny Zuko, yeah. <laughs> By the way, you can also catch our review of Greece next week on the yeah. pod. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling in sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not moderating that one. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm sticking with the stagey theme. I'm, I'm going um, Julie Andrews in Mary Poppins. Oh, really? Because I would Ooh. love to do that because I think it is a more That'd nuanced performance than first comes across. Yep. Um, and it's it's just delightful. I love it. And I think we're all going with singing roles, which is really making me laugh. I want to know what Ellie's is. Oh, I could pick so many. I'm really struggling. I mean, I have always wanted to play Roxy and Velma in Chicago. But I've <laughs> never doesn't. I've never really considered um, so much things like Moulin Rouge, where well, it is a musical now, so you never it know. Is, maybe, yeah. maybe the day will come where I get to play the team. Who knows? I feel like I need to I'll say that just, just because. Um, and Griff I'd play Jim Broadbent. I'd gladly play Jim Broadbent's part. What? Oh, I thought you meant Jim Broadbent the person. No, no, no. I'll be like, <laughs> she's you're dying, Satine. <laughs> yeah. I'll sing like a virgin with the count. That's fine. <laughs> Excellent. So next up, we've got a, a resident postie again. This time hey. it's Rossi because I actually spelled it wrong this time. <laughs> and he says, if you could get any film-related guest, alive or dead, to appear on the podcast, who would you choose? Easy. Yeah. I, oh yeah. If it's easy, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know Liam. What's your next question after? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lead this. I'm, I'm like, it's all you, buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm jumping in. It relates to my last answer. Julie Andrews. All right. Or Dick Van Dyke. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolute yeah. legends. Hmm. Um. Ellie, any thoughts? I'm just trying to go through my sort of James Dean. Or Marilyn Monroe. I love those two. Okay. Ellie? Wouldn't, wouldn't mind chatting to Baz Luhrmann, actually. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Hmm. See, the temptation is to go acting at first blush. The temptation is to go, who are the big stars? Mm-hmm. And I would want to then tackle Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. As someone who's got a long career, who's played the young guy into the sort of dad figure into like what kind of an elder statesman now. Yep. He's been a big movie star. He's also won two Oscars. Yeah. Three Oscars? Back to back. One back to back, yeah. Two. Uh, But I think as far as a filmmaking role would go, uh, I'd really like, actually, here it is. I'd really like to bend Christopher Nolan's ear about what he does with narrative and how he decides to order things because he's very experimental. And so you look at things like Memento, The Prestige, um, Tenet. 
and things that ha- clearly he's got other levels. And I want to go, what's that process like? Like, do you have boards everywhere in your house? And how are you charting this? And how do you, how do you write character knowing you're going to do this with your narrative? It's a really interesting kind of thing. So I think although the, the first impulse is to go actors, I think I'd be more inclined to people who make the decisions. I say non-actor wise, I think there's a big one in Walt Disney because was he an asshole I or not? Or alive, yeah. yeah, he'd be he'd be an interesting one. And then because he definitely counts now because of In the Heights, Lin Manuel Miranda. Yes, that man is an, yeah. is the genius of our time. Absolutely. I would like to interview Clint Eastwood only because he directs a lot, he stars a lot, he produces a lot, and he's in and around everything. He's very controlled in his movies, so it'd be interesting to hear his take as an actor, as a director, and as a producer. Yeah, uh, I'll throw one last one in the fire. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Sean Passard. <laughs> Which we, yeah. <laughs> bring, him, bring him back on for another run. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, See, I thought you were going to go Ebes. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, I forget he's... Yeah. Awesome. See, I, I, see he's, he's interesting because... What was the question exactly? If you can bring back any... Uh, any film related. Yes. Okay, yeah. So I guess I was thinking yeah. within the industry. Now, Eves e- 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 is 100% a fair shout. And I'd love to know, a lifetime at the movies, what did that mean to him? You get quite a lot from him through his reviews as well, though. And he so has done some, as... some essays yeah, about it closer yeah. to the end. But the ability for me to ask spontaneous questions yeah. would be interesting. Or to go... Mm-hmm find something that i agreed with or disagreed with and go show me what you got from this that i didn't show me what you got from magnolia that i yeah. that i didn't yeah. <laughs> spoiler for for what's coming down <laughs> on the uh on the real round table well in that case Excellent. i'd probably go for james lipton oh what inside the actor studio yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think yeah the people point. he's interviewed the you know people he sort of uh spoke to about different things he'd be the guy i'd go to yep Excellent. So next week with the Even the Score podcast, and they say, what film absolutely needs a remake, and what remake doesn't get enough credit for being quite good? I'm going to throw to uh, Ian here first. (laughs) Uh, The remake doesn't get credit enough for being quite good, Star Trek. The first Star Trek's fantastic. Um, Oh, the uh, JJ one. Yeah, JJ Abrams. Mm. It's fantastic. What film needs a remake? That's a really interesting question. Uh, Maybe I'll let other people talk about their favorite remakes before I come back at that one. Okay, one of my favorite remakes is a recent one, which is Aladdin, the live-action one. Oh, I act- is quite good. I, I was surprised me. I, I went in the theatre expecting to hate it and trash it, and I didn't. It's different enough from the first one yeah. that you actually go, actually, this is really good. Yeah. Was at least my opinion of it. Anyway. Same. Yeah. Um, and if I you want to hear all our opinions, you can listen to our Aladdin episode you on Talking indeed. the Mickey. Yeah. That's, that's well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well done, Ethan. I actually and my, can't my, think of my, one. My, my shitting on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I really love the um, Beauty and the Beast remake. Oh, I hated that. the Disney remake. I know, but this is what the question was, which doesn't get enough credit that you think is quite good, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. A lot of people hate it. I agree with you, Ellie. I, I, like, I like it at all. I like it so much. I can't even speak. I like it. I like it too. <laughs> oh, I have, oh, uh, this might be sacrilege. Um, I'd like the same director to have another crack at it because I really like the film. Which one needs one? I think it's very timely. Um, I, I love Do the Right Thing. And I think the themes in Do the Right Thing are just as present today as they were when the film was made. And I think there'd be something in, um, if not if not telling the same story again, then maybe telling an adjacent story around this time. So I'll go with 
that uh, i'll tell you what we don't need another one of we don't need any more robin hood or prince arthur films <laughs> <laughs> stop ma- or peter pants stop I'll, making them yeah I'll that's true what, peter pan definitely there's, there's a film i've always said i'd love to see remade is enough time passed for it to happen and that's angels with dirty faces I'd like to see that yeah. made today. I went back to old Hollywood when for question was first asked. I thought so many of them you'd have a really hard time with. You couldn't do something like it hot today, as strange as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Because there'd be people who would have issues with the way that the cross dressing would be would be would be handled. And that'd be perceived. And yeah. it was traditionally a, a comedy. And I, and I got no problem. I teach the film, I got no problem teaching the film. Yeah. Really quite like it. Um I don't think it's being insensitive to uh, it's just people who are putting stuff on to act as a disguise. Mm-hmm. But there's well, so many th- time though, isn't it? Pardon me? It's of its time. What's of its time? I don't know. I, I think you've put it well there. It's, yeah. They use it as a disguise. They use it as a disguise. It's, as it's not a mockery. A sexual. It's not a sexual thing. thing. It's yeah, not no. a mockery. And there's a commentary on the way they are treated after they do that. Mm-hmm. And I think those things, because, you know, gender is an interesting conversation and the way both genders, the, the different it's journeys that we go on on a day-to-day basis, only on based men. on the yeah. way that, that, you know, uh, which gender we are identifying as today. And I think yeah. um, I think that is one that you perhaps could make today, as long as it was handled sensitively. Twitter enough. would you destroy could make it. it a bit more nuanced. Twitter would destroy it. Yeah. it I mean, it I, would, no, if you do it well, there would be quite a really good discussion. I think the hard part would be finding finding a way to do it where everybody thought it was done well. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, but anyway, my official vote is I guess do the right thing. So nice. Anyone else got some remakes they'd love to see? See, I just hate remakes. <laughs> that's my problem. Well, yeah. that's the thing. And when I saw this, I went, oh, yeah, The Thing's a remake. All these other gross yeah, movies yeah. are remakes. So there's always... But Departed's a, a remake. So probably what yeah. I would want is to find something that someone had done in a foreign language that we hadn't seen yet and yeah. gone run with that. So, yeah. So a bit like The Seventh Samurai and The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. So The Magnificent Seven is a basically that, isn't it? It's a remake of, of that movie because it's a Japanese movie. So... Yeah, like you say, pick a foreign film, make it into a British film yep. or, or an American film. Hmm. Excellent. And next up, we have friend of the podcast. I think, Ian, you wanted to take this one. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith? Oh, no, that was great. <laughs> no, I'm, doing, I'm, doing, I'm doing my own take on it. No, 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 I'm doing my Wait. own take on it. Dwayne Smith, I want to know, how did you find that? Because I'm not, I'm not buying it. You know me, I don't buy to the voices around this table. <laughs> Ian is always right. How was that? I think it was quite, it was quite unique. It sounded like he was questioning you, Dwayne, uh, and uh, that's not okay. So yeah. you should definitely not be on his side with that. What, what, what did Dwayne Smith ask? You? Well, well, it's okay, because uh, Dwayne questioned Ian, and he said... <laughs> So Ian's clearly an Oasis fan, like my good self, but what sort of music are all of you into? Your favourite al- oh, albums? Yeah. I'm guessing you all like a show tune or two. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll go first. I, mean, I, like, I like Oasis, but Story of Morning Glory. Great album. No, great uh, album. Big fan of U2. My favourite album is probably Octung Baby. Um, I'm generally into that 90s alternative slash Britpop, whatever. In North America, it was alternative. Over here, it was more Britpoppy. Kind of sound, and it kind of... I've got a very wide sort of thing, the great things that I like, but the things that I would go see in concerts, I think it's kind of your general, you know, how much money are you willing to actually spend with to see this. It's that kind of stuff for me. Uh, for me, I have a very broad spectrum of music that I like, but I always say to people, I like everything from Pink Floyd through to Olivia Newton-John and anything in between. Um... Pink Floyd, I have a very big soft spot for, especially the Roger Water years and the Sid Barrett years, uh, or year, because <laughs> he did one album. Um, well, three, really, when he did two solos. But, um, yeah, I like like Ian, I, I'm a big Oasis fan. Um, got into them with What's the Story, 
Um, yeah. I can carry on about music all day, so I'll just pass it on and move on. He, he is the um, man who owns a record shop. Uh, yeah. I do. Uh, retro Records and Talk. For all your Excellent. retro... Dwayne Smith! <laughs> <laughs> Better. Um, yeah, I love a show tune or two. In fact, I retweeted something the other day that said, why is it that five of the best songs ever written are all in the musical Little Shop of Horrors, which is not wrong. Um, it's very true. There's a musical in that. Um, big fan of the music in... Um, Joseph, big fan of some classical stuff. I really enjoy scoring so i really like the potter stuff i really like the pirate stuff um then i go all the way back to like 50s and 60s so when really you say classical frankie. you just mean instrumental yeah okay <laughs> i really like i really like frankie valley i really like that sort of thing um and That's 60s and 70s 60s 70s 50s <laughs> yeah. all of that i like all the jive music all of that makes you know me really, really happy yeah stuff. i do okay i love the beach boys oh yeah I love I like the beach, beach boys on oh, the beatles of course beatles, the beatles. But yeah. yeah yeah um and, and then the stones i'm Sorry. not spitting on the stones but then oh, my, my age shows and I go, I really like McFly and Busted. Oh, I like McFly. Yes. <laughs> uh, for, for, for North American listeners, those are two bands over here. That's all I yeah. got to say. Um, and oh, I'm just going to them. Yeah, no, really like them. Um, and But I mean, obviously, Queen, ACDC, the music that my dad played when I was growing up, mm-hmm. um, Iron Maiden, that sort of stuff, I've got a soft spot for as well. Because your parents have a big influence on oh, your music God, taste. Oh, God, yeah, music do, yeah. yeah. Either it's what you like oh, or what Duran you don't Duran, like. Yeah, yeah. Duran Duran and Roxette, two oh, big ones Roxette. that I really, really yeah, like. Yeah, cool. What about love? I love Roxette. Is that hard? No, it's hard. What's Roxette? Uh, Enjoy the joyride. It it must have been love is what the words you're looking for. Ellie. Um, I pretty much exclusively listen to musical theatre and songs that sound like musical theatre. But I I also really love a bit of cheesy 90s pop. So um, like things like Britney Spears and S Club are my guilty pleasures. Yeah. I do have, but I put my phone on in the car. It's like, you know. 90s alternative whatever oh tragically hip i'm from canada so there we go i do what i get the more i realize they're awesome um but then all of a sudden i'll jump into show tune about something i've been in or just something i want to be in and, and of course the hamilton soundtrack so good so good which i've never listened to yeah we're gonna work on that <laughs> there'll be a theater skip it excellent and this one is for uh ian and georgia but if anyone else sort of has an opinion they can answer to and this is from russell the posty yet again wow. hey, hey mr postman and he says do you have a favorite wrestler and or favorite <laughs> wrestling match? Oh, geez. Uh, should we start with you, George, just because you're so new to it? Uh, yeah, so I'm a big fan of Becky Lynch. She's absolutely my favorite. Um, the man turned mum, which is adorable. Um, I also really like, oh, what's her name? The one who's like the 50s pinup girl. Lacey Evans? Lacey Evans. Okay. And Billy, who just got canned, yep. absolutely adored her. She's great. Um, big fan of The Undertaker. Big fan of of um samoa joe and all of his samoa jonas apparently he's coming back <laughs> that made me really happy go. um and what's his face uh the weird one who does the alice in wonderland like parody stuff with bray wyatt bray wyatt and the one who's had like four names mick foley cactus Dak. yeah yeah him. <laughs> <laughs> all right as a bunch of wrestlers uh, I'll go as a kid Hulk Hogan Hulk Hogan was my absolute hero Hulk Hogan yeah. Hulk Hogan uh growing up then a Canadian kid so Bret Hart uh then as it went past that um you get other ones like uh big fan of chris jericho uh big fan of edge two more canadian boys cm punk i see punk might be my favorite of all time i think it's something about oh new day the new day pancake okay. boys yep love them new day. uh and then uh the two boys from quebec right now uh which are Sami Zayn and kevin owens big fans of theirs hey, uh roddy piper another canadian actually i like roddy piper yeah. uh and then 
probably my favorite match is Bret Hart versus Owen Hart opening match at WrestleMania 10. So that's my deep cut for that. Liam, wrestling? For me, I can remember my cousin was a big wrestling fan and I was like, oh my God, I'm not into this. But there's one guy that stood out for me other than Hulk Hogan. I bet I know who this is. You tell me, I'll just say if I'm right or not. Yeah? Yeah. I've got a guess. The Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that's exactly who I had. Because you know what he is? He is the movie, he's the wrestling equivalent of the movies you like. Big explosions. It's it's not very good, but I like it. He wasn't very good, but people liked him. I liked him. He was nuts. He was crazy. My guess was going to be Ric Flair. Oh, no. (laughs) Ultimate Warrior. Really, really sort of like, woo, this guy. But Undertaker always got my... uh, because I was scared of him. I didn't like He deserved a better exit. He, well, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He really did. Oh, uh, and Mick Foley, of course. Mick, oh, love me some Mick Foley. Mick Foley's so good. I, I should have mentioned Mick Foley on my list. Mick Foley's, Mick Foley makes me laugh. And for a guy who t- had a career where it was about falling off cages and then realizing, hey, I'm funny. And he's really clever. He's written a bunch of books. Yeah. I just, the more I hear from outside the ring, the more I like the guy inside the ring. The Miz and the guy he does his, his like intros and stuff with, they're really funny. Okay. When they do that bit. The Miz and John Morrison. John Morrison, that's oh, one. Okay. And Bianca Belair, she's great too. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Mr. T a wrestler at one point? He did a couple of, yeah, WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 2. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, I'm assuming you're completely just going, no. Get the wrestling away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, out of curiosity? Um, I was I was always an Undertaker guy, but my my wrestling was always from from the video games. I loved yep. the Undertaker just for like his combos he did. <laughs> there, there was what I remember when I was still in New Zealand in like 2010, and it was John Cena versus someone, and like he was so bloody. I think it was like one of his final matches before he went like straight to just doing movies and stuff, and it was sort of like a a farewell fight. I think okay, that one I always remember. I'll say for Russell, if he's a, if he's a big fan, I'll say this. Uh, my favorite one I ever saw live, which I think is a fair question to sort of answer there uh i saw john cena and edge do a ladder match for the oh for goodness. the title and in in toronto and that's edge's like, yeah, yeah. hometown in finger quotes he's from about an hour north of there but <laughs> that was a cool one to be in the building for and look back it's it's a great match so I was, that's the best one i've ever been lucky enough to see live and in person so that was enjoyable nice, nice. excellent so now we've only got a couple questions left, thankfully, and they are, I thought there might be a pretty, bit of quick ones and some fun ones. So next we've got friend of the podcast, Andrew Oshevsky, who does Talking to Mickey's uh, Pause for, for the Parks segment. I had to pause there to remember Pause for the Parks. <laughs> the podcast is currently so Pause long. for the Parks. Yeah. <laughs> that will come back, I promise. Um, and he asks, uh, what's everyone's experience with theme parks and experiences? So things like Alton Towers, Thought Park, mm. Disneyland Paris, which not uk but it's it's close to us i think for all of our kind of things yeah it's not that much further away from us than like thought park is <laughs> yeah uh i guess i'll jump on um i've been to, as far as the the big disney thing i've been to disneyland in anaheim california did, did, went there for a few hours it's i walked around going it's good but it's so not the happiest place on earth but you've not experienced <laughs> it how you're supposed to no um i canada in toronto we have a, a theme park called uh, it used to be paramount canada's wonderland now it's just canada's wonderland it was canada's wonderland then it got bought out by paramount uh-huh. and yeah. now it's been unloaded again to someone else so uh, it is our big sort of national one and i was lucky enough to have a season's pass there the one year so i went there about once every couple of weeks and if the weather was poor i'd just go shopping instead uh, there was a mall right across from it and so or go there for a couple hours and then go back so it wasn't having a season's pass was great because it didn't mean you know if, if you didn't get to go that day it wasn't like your whole that was our one day of the year now it's ruined so that was all right uh did it for a couple of years quite fun i uh, went to alton towers i think that's the one i went to over here it's it was all right I mean, british roller coasters are way shorter than their north american counterparts yeah. so uh not really my 
bag to wait that long for a ride that short. So I think I might be aging out of my appeal for rides and theme parks. That's me. Um, I haven't really been to many. Um, I've been to Alton Towers a few times. I've been to the roller coaster at New York, New York in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, and I've been to an American adventure, it was called. Uh, Five goes west. Many, many years ago. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I still open American Adventure, but I, I loved it because they had a stunt show and they had guys falling off buildings, being shot like from cowboys and Indians and had all the horses running around and doing stunts. Amazing. Uh, but that's my experience of uh, theme parks is not very extensive. I'd love, love, love to go to Disneyland. I've wanted to go since I was a kid. Never been. I've almost got there two times, and I still haven't got there. Oh, I'm not that bothered. Oh, I so want to go. You've not done it right. I promise you. Um, I have. Can we see one of these podcasts from there? <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Disneyland Paris twice. Once when I was very little. Um, well, not very little. I think it was about eight or nine. Um, and once uh, about three years ago for Ethan's 18th birthday. Um, and I've only ever been to other like local theme parks other than that. I've been to Alton Towers once, but again, that was when I was very young. Um, I think the majority of what I did was go on the teacups. Um, when I was younger, I did not like roller coasters at all. It took me till quite a lot older to actually appreciate a roller coaster. Um, so my most like prominent experience is Disneyland Paris, which is incredible. Um Really enjoyed the rides, really enjoyed the atmosphere, really enjoyed the theming. I think that's what Disney does better than any other theme park is the theme part of the theme park. Um, just because it's so it's so immersive and so well done to the point that they pump smells into the street. I don't know if anyone knew that. But yeah, they pump the smells of where you are into the street, which is incredible. Um, a bit gaslighty, but incredible. Um, <laughs> and I really, really enjoyed it. Um yeah, we were lucky enough to be there for quite a few days, so we didn't have to rush. But even so, we didn't really get to do everything that we wanted to do, despite riding Hyperspace Moon about six times <laughs> over the course of the five days we were there. Um, but yeah, absolutely incredible, down to the dining, through to the toilets, through to everything. Um, big, big Disney Park fan. Excellent. And Ellie? Um, I went to Disneyland Paris when I was like 11 or something. No, younger than that, I think. Um, so I don't feel like that really counts because I was very young. But I absolutely love theme parks. Um, I've been to Walton Towers and Thorpe Park both quite a few times. Um, but realised the other day, it's been about 10 years since I've been. And that makes me so sad because I love <laughs> it so much. So I really need to carve out some time soon to go because I, I absolutely adore it. Like I think I just really love the adrenaline rush that you get. From have you seen the Cadbury's themed room that they have now at Alton Towers that you can... Like that has like chocolate hidden away. It's like an escape room, but for chocolate. No, but it sounds like it was made for me. Yeah, I think we need to go and have <laughs> a night to be BFE in the chocolate room. I'll live stream. <laughs> yeah. I'll just live stream from outside everything going, yeah, they're on rides. It would be really oh. cool. I think we should do that. Does anybody remember Pleasure Hills? Yeah. 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 Oh, man, yeah, I missed that. Is that still open? Yeah, we went a few years yeah. ago. Oh, wicked. Okay. What is wicked? This? It's oh. probably our closest like, theme stuff. park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, and we're in our final three questions. I get some dramatic music game now. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the uh, I don't have the the slider, so I can't do some dramatic stuff. But next up, we've got Carlo. Low, 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 thank you. Low. He asks, "How much do you feel your approach to films has changed since starting the podcast?" Mm. I'll, I'll I'll throw to the media teacher first because I'm oh, sure it, it might be it might be different. There could be some. Uh, it's not that. It's not that much. Um, nah. Um, no, I, I spoke about this with like the, with the train spotting discussion about the behind the scenes of the podcast kind of thing. Like 
that's how minds change. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, but what's my interpretation to film or or films itself from Just doing the podcast? Your approach to films since being a bit, I guess, a bit Not- more analytical and discussion based. <laughs> Maybe I'm just more aware of pacing. That might be it. I mean. I think having to recap something has opened my eyes to the way it's constructed a bit more than maybe it's that thing where you walk away from Rogue One or dare I say The Empire Strikes Back and you get to the end of it and you go, oh, wow, the end was part was so awesome. <laughs> and you missed that part in the middle where maybe it wasn't so awesome. And I think before you look back goes, um, for what I can see in the journey I've had to re-go on, here's what I might tweak and change if I could. And just that awareness of that... Um, of, of how a film was put together on that level, which I maybe wasn't more of. It was about, you know, I knew what a good, again, I knew what a good acting performance was. I knew what a good editing performance was by the editing team. I knew when things were, were this or were that. I maybe didn't know how, sto- which sounds really weird, but I don't even know how important story was put together besides beginning, middle, end. For me, it's changed a hell of a lot doing the podcast because we really break it down. Uh, break it down where, now, yo. Where I'd know, before the podcast, I'd watch a movie and, uh, and I'd finish a movie and all the highlights would go through my head. And I'd just be highlights, good highlights. And I'd like, do I like the movie? Yes, no, right? Now I go through a movie, break it down every single scene. And I'm like, oh, well, that's wrong. Oh, well, that's not, that's not so good. Oh, I loved this years ago, but I'm not liking it so much now. Dangerous Minds being one of them. Yeah. Love that movie. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> and, um, you know, now I, I look at it in different light. I don't see it in the same light. You know, this, the original story was so much better. Yeah. I've, I've discovered cinema pho- photography. I've always have struggle in saying that for some reason. <laughs> but cinema photography I love. Um, I see a juxtaposition in things. I see story in things that I never used to see before. So, yeah, this podcast has taught me a lot about film that I never really thought I didn't think I missed. But now I do. So for me, it's kind of unlocked. I mean, cinematography is one of the big ones because that's nothing something I'd never really looked at before. But for me, it's unlocked the memories of learning about um, stage analysis and like stage performance analysis because it's. I mean, there are quite a lot of crossovers in that sort of thing as well. Um, and also, I've uh, trained spotting be damned how to kind of be objective. Um, like I'm, I think I'm probably a bit more objective than I was at the beginning. Um, and yeah, um, the, like the English literature side of it, like so the analysis side of it, I'm really, really enjoying because it is what I like to do. Um, so yeah, but train spotting. <laughs> yeah. hmm. I'm really enjoying having a wider range of films to kind of compare things against because I hadn't seen that many films before we started mm-hmm. doing the podcast. Um, so it's really nice to kind of get that overall view, I guess. Um, but then... In terms of the analytical side of things, I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword, really, um, because on one hand, I'm looking at things like cinematography, lighting, um, you know, all these these little things that I wouldn't have ever noticed in a film before. I, I've started to realise, and I love that, that I can now spot them. So I've learnt so much. But then that other side of that double-edged sword is that now I watch things that previously I would have just really enjoyed watching just to chill out. And I go, God, the writing in this is so terrible. I can't believe they let this pass. And I start being really critical of things in things that, you know, weren't really designed for me to do a podcast review on. They were just something I was watching on the TV with my mum or something. Uh, One thing I will say as well about doing the podcast is I'm watching movies I thought I'd never watch. So Same. for the podcast, we watched diverse movies yeah, sure. and there's movies I've avoided for years. And I thought, nah, it's not my cup of tea. 
and some of them have surprised me, and some of them haven't. That's fair. I'll say Citizen Kane, Some Like It Hot, um, which, which I now teach. I'm really glad I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, Angels with Dirty Faces, uh, films I would not have gone near in... The Crow. <laughs> the Crow, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, films I would not have... Been, and not that I had to like them all, yeah. but, but, but now I can have a voice in that conversation yeah. and go, yeah, I've seen this, and, and I think this, this, and that. So maybe my exposure might be something. So I, I think I have been a bit of a... You know, I think I did sit in this... I think the mid-90s are the highlight for, for film, my personal opinion, uh, in, in my lifetime, but I would think that I was probably a bit snobbish about films that came before, like, 88, 89, and was like, mm-hmm. nah, that stuff didn't really... Didn't really, didn't really count, except for like Star Wars and, and, and you know, Rocky and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. When you started this, did you ever think you'd be uh, doing a, a Korean film? No. Parasite. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, Parasite. Don't know if I, I probably would never, I would not have got around to seeing it. I'd never watched it. No. 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 So, 100% on that there. I will say for you guys, from my perspective, I mean, seeing where you've gone from your analysis beyond <laughs> when we started to now. And, you know, whether it's just actually knowing what the terms are called when we're, you know, how the camera's pointed or things like that. Or, you know, the answer used to be, I would like to watch this again tomorrow. Or I would like yeah. to do. And we've, and we've gone, we've gone, we still say things like that, but we've gone very far beyond that as well. And we're, yeah. we're, we're continuing to learn about film in yep. ways I thought I never would. Yep. So, yeah. we, we learned how many stars on the Paramount logo. Today. Exactly. <laughs> Every day's a learning day. Uh, Ethan, you want to jump in on that one, buddy? Um, yeah, sure. I, it's weird because I was always, I've always been a film guy, so I've always been studying film, but sort of doing the podcast, even talking to Mickey, it gave me a push to actually go to university to study film. So doing this show eventually made me go, yeah, I like movies. I want to go back and do movies again. Uh, so in that, I think it's given me more confidence in like my opinion and my view of uh, oh, how I'll I say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, actually, I'll jump on board with that. Thank you for that, mm-hmm. Ethan. Yeah. When when Liam and I first started up, and I remember I, we we played it on our anniversary show. I went, uh, 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 hi. So I <laughs> I guess like you, our audio quality is better, but you also hear a complete sense of imposter syndrome in my voice of going. Yeah. You know, I, I think you were, if I can be just a little bit transparent, I think you were leaning on me to kind of go. You know, you, you kind of you know, I'll, I'll do it with you, but you're kind. I'm gonna sort of have to and, carry me on this. And I'm, and I'm going. I'm going. All right. I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm. I'm just basically doing my best impression of people who I've heard before at other places. And now to sit here in front of the mic and speak quite without worrying about oh how long should I oh is this right and just going. I think I have a voice. I have something to add to contribute and f- being okay with that and saying I got something to say. And then just the thing that blows my mind is the bit. I think Alex from Main Street Finance wrote it in where he went. No, there are people who come to you guys looking for opinion on film, and your opinion is trusted. You know, hashtag Ian is always right. You know, I, I say that in jest, but there are people who go, what do you actually have to, I'm really curious what you specifically have to say about this. And Citizen Kane, that was a big one. People were like, we want to know what you guys yeah. have to say about this before we check it out. And that is, and being comfortable in that, that's something that maybe not about film, but about this process that that's, that's improved over the course of the time. I think we've all come a long way since our very first episode, um, because I was very, very shy on there to start with i was like do i want to say something do i not say something will i come across as an idiot Have now I we can't a- shut you up <laughs> <laughs> yeah very true i mean what was my Love you, Liam. what was my what was my tagline in the yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you were so self-conscious after listening to the first episode about the yeah 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 i was when i i was oh. i feel i've relaxed a bit more what after. are there's no one's asked this but what are our verbal tics i've got so Ooh. i got a bit yeah. of a da 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 it's, I think it's easier for other people to answer that, isn't it? Oh, uh, maybe. I'm, I'm not aware of mine. Like, absolutely. I say absolutely a lot. Do you? Yeah. I, so I don't notice that. I say absolutely a lot as well. You say absolutely a lot? Yeah. 
I'm not I aware of mine. I know I have them. Okay. I know, when, I know I hear, I when I hear myself say them, I go, I've said that a lot, but yeah. I couldn't, couldn't tell you them now. Maybe that, maybe they, people can write in. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> what have you noticed our verbal tics are? Keep these negative <laughs> things. <laughs> That'll be so fun. They're not necessarily or, or, negative. Or, or, or even, they? obviously, like a little catchphrase. Movies yeah. got a movie. Oh, we've got so many catchphrases. Yeah. I'm still trying to think of one for me. I love... <laughs> I, st- I, you know what? This is, we've come a long way. I, I enjoy this so much. And, and to share it with friends is even better. And George. <laughs> right i'm going back to zero train spoilers <laughs> no, excellent good. and you mentioned alex from main street finance so of course i have a question from alex as well hey. who says we we talk a lot about musicals throughout these episodes so uh he wanted to know what would be your favorite musical to perform in and what role would you love to play the most okay should we do stuff we haven't done before i think we're gonna have to yeah uh, yeah i'll say that and i'll i'll <laughs> Did we already answer fa- this question yeah, I was gonna say, i'd say what's your favorite role but we've told everyone I'll go, so no, I've yeah got diff- i've got a different one yeah i can do oh. a different one for this are you yeah, want to okay. show it uh yeah so mine would either be the narrator and joseph because that's a brilliant part and it's got so many different singing styles which is a lot of fun to do um or if i can gender swap i'd like to be seymour in little shop of horrors i've done the other side of it i'd love to do seymour yeah you can do that yeah uh i'd like to play uh chichi bang bang i can't think the car the car no 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 (laughs) no. yeah that's the one i couldn't say the first bit but mr potts (laughs) okay i'd love to play that part if i ever could and i would yeah other than danny zuko of course You've yeah. done that. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie? Um, to, to not just repeat my answer from earlier, um, I would love to play Christine in Phantom of the Opera. Ooh, ooh that's a lot of, of power. I, I respect that one. As if the others aren't good sings either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... I was trying to stall for time. I think I'm okay now. I'm going to go with Max Bialystok in the producers. Ooh, good oh, you'd be a good Max Bialystok. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I think I, I think I kind of you just play parts that Richard has played, don't you? There is a similarity. I, I do have a friend named Richard, and I do feel like I'm about 15 years behind him, kind of doing all these roles he's done. Um, no, I think I think I'm aware of who I am on stage and what roles suit me and which roles don't. Uh, Max Bialystok would be a good one. I'm not. I think I have to be a bit older. Maybe not. Made you up a bit. I think May, it'd be all right. Yeah. I but, mean, how old was uh, was Nathan Lane when he did it? He must have been like 45, I think. Oh, Wednesday Adams. Sorry. On stage? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, mm. So you're changing your vote? That's you I'm talking to? Oh, me. Yeah, um, yeah. The one who just blurted something Sorry, out? Yeah, 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 no, that was me going, I want... I'd, <laughs> I, I want to do something that's a little bit out of type, but I absolutely love Wednesday as well. Mm. I'd like to play a villain. I've never played a proper villain. That would be fun. It was good. I've I enjoyed that. that. I'd like to do that a lot. Um, but Wednesday Adams would be a great one. That's a good sing as well. An iconic. Yeah, my, my list of stuff, it feels really, I feel really lucky to say this, but my list of stuff that I'm dying to do has gotten increasingly short because I've been yeah. I've been very lucky to do a lot of stuff I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, so it's a short list. I should be sitting one. You know, I could say Les Mis and go, oh, I'd like to be Javert. I'd like to be, Eponine. you know, like it's one of those big roles. It's not the one that I'm dying to do. I think I've done most of the ones I'm dying to do. Anyway. Ethan, you got one for this? You're, 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 you're an equal part of the sort of. Yeah. Um, there is a musical that I love called Hades Town, and uh, it's about Orpheus and Eurydice. And I would, I would die 
literally die to play Orpheus uh, because I love the story of Orpheus and Eurydice and I think that musical is one of the best that is currently on Broadway, even though it's shot. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Well, one of my when it fav- comes to the West End, I'm auditioning. I don't care like, if I'm working, I'm going. <laughs> one of my favourite musicals at the moment is Kinky Boots, and I absolutely love Ooh, it. And I think when people, I mention Kinky Boots to people, they're like, oh, I'm like, seriously, you should go see it. It's more than just drag queens. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing film. Um, not film. It's ama- it is an amazing it, film. It, it, well. it is a good film, yeah. but the stage musical is better, and the songs are written by Cindy Lauper. Um, it'd be great to play the lead part, but I can't play the lead part, so... Okay. But yeah. Excellent. If that's what everyone's got, we have one final question left from the man himself, friend of the podcast. Everyone join me in this. Dwayne Smith. Dwayne Smith. I have no idea if that came out well or not. I really hope it did. <laughs> it did actually and, on the side, yeah. So. Oh, fantastic. And we have a question that is going to destroy this podcast, but I can't wait. What's your favorite cheese? Ian, <laughs> what's your favorite cheese? Oh, I do love. I do love a Stilton. Dear, I love a stinky cheese. I do. Oof. I do. Oh, there's a there's a place in Borough Market. This isn't the specific cheese, but the, it it sells the world's best grilled cheese sandwich. How it markets itself, and you can smell it long <laughs> before you can see it. I agree oh, with really? this. Oh, I agree so, with that. Uh, it's, it's it's like a five pound cost how much it costs you a five pound grilled cheese sandwich seven dollars but it's well worth five pounds for this oh, grilled okay. cheese sandwich it's it's like a two-hand job and it's just the smelliest <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm isolating that one for the end of the year oh, inappropriate comment number three so hard. <laughs> all right we're all getting tired <laughs> It's a sandwich so big you have to use both your hands, uh, and it's it's just fan. It's like it's like cheesy tangible joy. So, but oh, but overall, um, a Stilton I think is where I'll go with this. I probably just changed my like nineteen times, but there we go. I like goat cheese. Oh. Yeah. I, I like goat cheese. Yeah, and I've, I like I've all only the been, I've only been introduced to it in the last I don't know couple of years. But yeah, goat's cheese. Okay. I mean, I could just eat a ball of mozzarella, like straight up buffalo mozzarella. I could just eat. I love it. Um, but for actual flavour, because there's not much flavour to mozzarella, really. It's just milk. Um, a, a really good parmesan, a proper parmesan, like mm. the one that you should have shaved, but like I would eat like a chunk yep. of. Yeah. Really? Um, I really like a cheese called Campazola, which is like a blueberry. It's a blueberry, yeah. Mm. Not not a not a blueberry. Not a blueberry. No. <laughs> <laughs> a blueberry. Cheese. A blue um, so brie blue cheese. Brie. It's oh, not as strong a blue cheese as something like Stilton, um, which I which I also like. Um, but it's got that lovely creaminess of the, the brie with like a little bit of sharpness to it. So I do like brie too. There's a cheese we have in Canada. I don't see as much of it here. Called Havarti. H a v a r t t i. I think it's it might be Danish or something like that. I, I've seen it once on the other side of the on like where they have like the uh, the sort of more European sort of um, foodstuffs yeah, yeah. in the refrigerated yeah. zone. Um, it's there in Canada. You get a lot, and it's it's this, it's the perfect cheese for sticking in like a sandwich and putting in the microwave for fifteen seconds, and it melts all up Ooh. and gets Ooh. just real melty and a slight sharpness. But but it's like that. Whereas then, um, I'm just big on you know melt- meltability. I'm glad no one said like craft cheese singles or something like that. <laughs> I was about this to say this is why I like moderate and cheese, don't answer cheese slices. 
like i love proper cheese cheese is a big thing for me it's one of the like mm. i like rather than coffee or chocolate cheese is my that or wine cheese is my that thing oh um, georgia but have i you also gone love to the a cheese slice cheese shop? i haven't I oh, it's very that. good. Very, very good. I went the other week and they have an amazing comp day that is very creamy. You'd love that. Uh, nice. I have a rule in my fridge right now. I've got all sorts of what's cheeses. The, what's the big wheel of cheese that you can like... Uh, go, 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 go. <laughs> it's like a big wheel and you can like cut the top of it and it like and you like melt the top of it and you can use it to like put it on stuff. Oh, uh, camembert. Camembert. No, 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 no. no. The, the, a big, big wheel. Like it's hard until it's melted. I've not it. I, I can't think of the name. You look at me like I should know this. Yeah, I no, no it was because of the one time I had it was on poutine, but uh, oh, really? you weren't there. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's, it's poutine. My 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 Canadian email blast should have come through. And, <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. So that would Excellent. be on a cheesy note. We go ahead and we. Uh, <laughs> And, and 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 we, Ethan, good job with the moderation, buddy. Yeah, thank well you. Done, oh, it's, it's always fun when you guys trust me with power outside of my control. I like that. It's fuel, fueling my ego. I appreciate <laughs> it. So, folks, we'll probably put up another one in about a month. We'll let you know, we go long enough for you to hear of us, miss it, and we'll probably do another one of these in August or something like that. Yeah. We'll just sort of yeah. dust this off. I quite enjoyed it. I'll be honest, I did enjoy the, the film ones were good, but I really enjoyed the ones. The non film yeah. ones seemed to really kind of make me go, ah, interesting. Wasn't expecting this. Although that being said, I mean, there's a whole world of stuff we could talk about with films that we haven't scratched the surface on. Very true. Yeah, so yeah, but something mm. or if something we say sparks something. Please go ahead, fire them in. Thank you, everybody who went ahead and gave us. I think. And remember a favorite question that came in. Question cheese. The cheese one. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the wrestling one, Russell. Thanks like a lot for that. Because like it was just a bit obscure. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed the rest of them. Yeah, so and the ghost question—that was fun. Yeah, so I mean, those 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 were good times. Uh, so, with that in mind, uh, I guess the mailbag is now closed, Russell. So we'll we'll definitely get Ethan to drop that back off to you, <laughs> and uh, we'll hit that Return back. Return to sender. Pardon me. Return to, Return to sender. sender. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, Ethan, why don't you go ahead and take us out? Excellent. So, thank you so much for listening to our first BFE mailbag. If you have a question for our next one, use the hashtag AskBFE or hashtag BFE mailbag. And if you haven't caught up with everything so far, we have done an episode recently on keeping it low key. We have got a uh, Tom Cruise real roundtable coming out soon. We have also got, as Ian said, Greece and Woo! whatever our next one is, because I haven't been informed yet. But if it's you've Greece, just Greece, just Greece, we're finishing then. <laughs> so if you've enjoyed it, please follow us on Twitter at best film ever or facebook follow all of us that would probably be, be in our links as well and sorry i gotta got jump in it's at best film ever pod, pod. <laughs> oops <laughs> that's a different twitter don't don't follow them so again if you've enjoyed listening we'll see you next time and the mailbag's closed for now no more packages go away i've been ethan i've been ian and i've been liam i've been ellie and i've been georgia we'll see you next time